Wait for it. Wait for it. And we're live. Hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans. It's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just a couple of nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. We are the podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. Mostly that's Nick, but you know, what are you going to do? But uh, without further ado, we're going to let our guests introduce themselves. So we've got... First, uh, we're going to go in alphabetical order. Don't blame me because I don't think it's right. Uh, blame uh, WordPerfect, Windows, whoever owns that crap. But with that being said, I was infantry for a reason, people. And uh, John, can you introduce yourself to our listeners and viewers at home? Hey, uh, I'm John Eppel. Uh, I've done a few zombie books. So uh, I like to think I know a thing or three about what we're going to be talking about tonight. Okay, okay. Maybe four. Yeah, maybe. And this is a weird uh, this is a weird configuration, people, because I don't know if Windows actually does the alphabetical order by first name or last, because in this case, it's alphabetical in all four, first and last. So we're just going to pretend I know what I'm doing. And uh, we're going to let Mr. Keith Hedger introduce himself next. That's worked Hi, for us so Keith. far. It's, it seems to be working. I'm Keith Hedger. I write cyberpunk and whatever I've blended that particular story with, including one zombie story. And I've got a trunk collection of zombie stories somewhere. I'm involved in the zombie media forever. So, Okay. And then we've got uh, Mr. Michael Morton. Hi, uh, I'm Mike Morton. Uh, I write uh, military science fiction and fantasy uh, my claim to fame for zombies is uh, I'm the executive editor of Canon Publishing, so I have helped uh, J.F. Holmes edit his Irregular Scout Team 1 series and Shane Grease in his new Dead Storm Rising series. All right, there's a lot of dead in that cup. So, uh, all right, and then last but not least in our hearts, we have Mr. Paul Sparks. Hi, guys and gals. I'm Paul Sparks. I write mainly military sci-fi. I'll write fantasy. Hell, I'll write anything if it's going to get me uh, paid. Uh, it's the truth. I mean, I can't say anything. I wrote Yeti Erotica once. I'm just saying. I don't judge. But uh, I have wow. done. I have some. I do I have done some zombie stuff. And uh, right now, I'm working on a military sci-fi space opera for a Canon Publishing's uh, military sci-fi contest. Outstanding. So, John, don't judge me. It was ghost work, and I had to earn some money to pay for my first edit for my hey, sci-fi. I'm, I'm the last person to judge anyone. <laughs> hey, we all have our kinks. Uh, you know, if it sold and they paid me three cents a word, so I wasn't complaining. Hey, I went all Charles Dickens on it. I added words that didn't need to be there just so they could have words because I was getting paid. But uh, with that being said, now I'm supposed to tell you how I first found all of them, but all of that's still classified, and uh, the CIA gets really weird if we start talking about their stuff. Last time we talked about it, they broke Nick's computer. It didn't work for a month. It was ugly. He made me promise never to talk about that stuff again. So, God damn uh, aliens. Yeah, so we're going <laughs> to just move right along. Uh, and we've got two of our guests have not answered the uh, the trinity that is the religion questions. The new one has not yet been answered. So, Mr. Keith Edger, how do you take your coffee, sir? Or I tea? Black. I take it black. I play it, take it black as a zombie's heart. Okay, so you take coffee black as a zombie's heart. And Michael yeah. Morton, coffee or tea, or how do you take it? 
Uh, I will drink either one, depending on how much caffeine I need and what I'm feeling like. I have been known to drink vending machine coffee with oh. loads of cream and sugar because I'm working a midnight shift and I needed to stay awake and active. And I've been known to drink tea because I need to calm the fuck down. That is fair. That is very fair. Um, so I don't know. Tea doesn't really do anything for me one way or another. So I'll drink it if I'm not feeling well, like the peppermint tea is good for your sore throat, but mostly it's coffee. Nick, what are you drinking today? I noticed your special cup. Oh, I'm drinking my, hold, my hold bourbon on. blend of coffee brand coffee. Oh, bourbon blend. Did you add real bourbon for uh drink it like a man? Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Family friendly show. Family friendly show. I forgot. <laughs> what would I do without Abby threatening me in the background? Why, why right. is he chewing after he drinks his coffee? Because he made it right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the, the topic today, because we're, we're doing some episodes for Spoke, Spooktober. Wow. Speak much. Uh, is we're going to talk about all things zombie horde and uh, affiliated nonsense. So, first off, what do you think makes zombies such a popular trope and trend that we keep coming back to them year after year? It's uh, it's an easy uh, monster to make and to be scared of. The fact that it's something that used to be us and is now unstoppable, kind of Terminator-ish. Um, yeah, I think that, that would get a lot of people. I think a lot of the horror tropes, uh, broadly speaking, tend to tend to shuffle in sequential what what people the zeitgeist wants, um, which is why the stories are always timeless. Because if it's not popular now, like vampires were popular for a while, then they weren't, then they were. But uh, I, I've seen some academic papers that suggest that what's going on in the world and the level of security people feel in the geopolitical sense affects whether they want werewolves or vampires or zombies or monsters or whatever. So. It's going to be interesting. We're gonna. I'm going to track down the get the guy that wrote that paper and see if I can get him to come on. Uh, we just got to make the academic guy not so boring. Hope he doesn't <laughs> listen to this episode. Well, zombie <laughs> in uh, like TV and and the movies. Those like since The Walking Dead came out in 2008. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's you can't control that train anymore. It's it's just going down the track and it's getting more popular. We've got multiple spinoffs now because like, Oh, what if there's zombies, you know, the, the walking dead crew somehow get to Europe. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. So, yeah. And it's, I think it's relatable. Like you're actually, it's relatable because they used to be human even more. So when like a loved one turns, so now you're like, mm, do I kill it? Is it, is there any of her or him in there? That relative, you know, it, it always makes for an intriguing story. It's always, and you oh and every zombie story I see, it's always the humans that are the assholes to each other, you know. The zombies are kind of like a backdrop. Where I started with uh zombies was uh actually researching the Vudan uh aspect of zombieism from a religious aspect. If you want to know some creepy stuff, look into the actual Vudan and Haitian uh versions of zombie and stuff like that. There's a lot of drugs involved. Yeah. Yeah, no. I don't care. Cut me. There are so many origin points for how did the zombies get started. It could be Walking Dead, where you kind of think it's a genetic thing, maybe, or a chemical weapon, yeah. or magic, or aliens came through, or oh, the original pitch for the Walking Dead. Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, he's like, oh, they're actually the zombies are the uh, oh. forward element for uh, an alien invasion. And then they got like six issues in and they're like, so when did the aliens show up? And he's like, what? It's like the aliens. You pitched out there was an alien thing. He goes, yeah. oh, man, that's just something I told you so I can get the book made. <laughs> <laughs> the zombies like, take that I liked was John Ringo's uh, Black Tide, uh, Dark Tide Rising series. Yeah, it that was, was some a, a genetically engineered virus. Yep, because some guy thought he could do that, get everybody out of the way so he could get a date. <laughs> yeah, but then you got the classics like Night of the Living Dead, yeah. where the origin didn't really matter so much as mm -hmm. uh, the, the terror. 28 days later, where, or 28 days where there was some kind of a chemical weapon outbreak. Mm -hmm. Shoot, with uh, Night of the Creeps, you've got alien slugs. Yeah. Okay. So do you, so we've talked about why kind of we think zombies are popular in, in a general sense. Do you guys have any favorite tropes as far as zombies go? Some like to ride them fast and they'll like charge you. Some of them, they sort of shamble along. Some of them, there's a life cycle where they start off fast and as they decay, they become slower. So what what is your ideal zombie? I personally like zombies in general. Just even when I was a kid, I'd go to the, the library with my parents. Somehow I always wound up with drawing books and monster books. And here, a uh, few decades later, I'm drawing monsters uh, somewhat professionally now. So I, in the book that I'm working on, Exodus Z, I started off with like generic zombies where you can tell they, they they had just died, so I had the withdrawn skin, or like they they all look emaciated and stuff like that. But as the story's going on, I'm trying to add more detail to it to try to show the uh, decomposition. I don't know exactly how far the the writer's going with it, but as far as my part of it, I'm trying to get as nasty as I possibly can get away with. <laughs> I mean, you I like can go that. the red the Resident Evil where the zombies were because Resident Evil is ultimately a zombie zombie yeah. game. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. The zombies are any range of anything fast could be human, could be something else and may have mutated way beyond whatever anybody expected. Yeah. And no one feels bad about, okay, we got to take the zombies out. <laughs> I usually go for the most messed up way to get rid of them possible. Yeah. Whether it's an axe so, to the head or you shoot him in the crotch, I, it doesn't matter to me. If it's so, messed up, yeah. I'm going to laugh. So yeah, zombie land kill of the week? How many zombie movies I've watched at this point? Because I've done most of my professional work has been horror oriented. And most of that has been zombies. So I know I haven't seen every zombie movie, but there's not many I haven't seen at this point. Yeah, and I'm a big fan. I played a many, many hours of Left for Dead and Left for Dead Two. I like um, just sheer application of superior firepower. You don't need uh, a shot to the head. You just need to put enough rounds in them. And then, of course, the, you have the special type of. And of course, in Left for Dead, they call it them infected instead of zombies, but same same result. But yeah. uh, you know, just I, I like. Night of the Living Dead is a classic, but there's only one kind of zombie in that. Uh, and I think we've evolved beyond that. And I think we can continue to evolve. Uh, what What is a zombie? It could be just about anything. 
Yeah, in my I actually uh, think the most um the most moving zombie portrayal I saw was in the um, Walking Dead TV series. And I don't I don't remember if it was in the graphic novel, although I, I've owned them at one point in time and read them, but where um Herschel was keeping them in the um, barn because he was hoping he could save them and bring them back to who they were. Yeah. Like it's on the one hand it's twisted and you get it, but on the other, it's like they look just like, at least in the beginning, they look just like your loved ones. So yeah. I could see where you would want to tell yourself they could come back. Yeah. Or it's like, I, we, well, we all go, okay, they're zombies. We would do whatever. But when it's, you know, your wife, your mom, your sister, or your friend, your buddy from school or work or whatever. And it's like, that's a different conversation. Yeah. What's the Drew Barrymore show with the zombies? Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah. Right. So that's the other like, point, right? The zombies can be funny too. It doesn't have to be horror. I only watched that because she's in it. <laughs> yeah, but the watching I the mean, family I've... get into making sure mom gets fed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I, because... I hate to bring real world into this, but I've seen PCP zombies and some of these zombies from like street drugs and they're just as scary as some of these mystical uh, Walking Dead zombies. I, I like the, cre- uh, the creativity and the variety of different types of zombies. I wasn't crazy about ones that can sprint faster than I do. Because for me, that goes against everything I've ever read about zombies. But visually, I'm fascinated to see how people can interpret that genre. I had a lot of fun with the one zombie story I sold. Thank you, JR. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, but it was like, I'm in a cyberpunk setting, so of course the zombies were created with an implant and some nanotechnology. <laughs> and it was just, of course. okay, let it roll. <laughs> yeah, the um, the way you could do that with, with uh, technology, there's so many possibilities there, too, because at one mm-hmm. point in time, like how far is too far before you could bring them back if you took the nanites out? And given yeah. that they're about to do actual human testing on the Neuralink, I mean, it's it's definitely something to think about. I thought about your story, actually, when that was announced. I'm like, ooh, yeah. Keith told us why that was bad. <laughs> hey, so, hey, they cleaned up the site. <laughs> sort yeah, of. Yeah, but, you know, cleaning it up for the outside witnesses is not always the same thing as cleaning it up for the victims. <laughs> um, Fair. <laughs> So I think they definitely touch base on all the different types of zombies in um actually in Zombieland Double Tap because they're like, hey, you have the homers, the you know, fat slow ones, the really dumb ones, all the way through the Hawkins, the really smart ones, and then you have the uh the ninjas that are you know (laughs) silent and deadly, and then you have the T800s that are like retardedly fast and retardedly strong. Oh my god, that's my face. Yeah, if you ever want to know my fear of uh, clowns, there it is right there. You can see it in the eyes. You can see it in the eyes. But um, I I think that one kind of really shows you, like, all the different aspects of being, you know, the different types of zombies that could be. Um, Obviously, I love zombies. He has a million of my faces on the screen right now. Because mm-hmm. zombies are kind of my go-to Halloween costumes. That one is also me. Wait, really? 
but nice. They're easy think, costumes. They really are. Um, this, this was the one that creeped me out. The, ba- the zombie mom eating the baby. Oh. That gives me Grace vibes. If you guys, if you guys haven't seen the movie Grace, I suggest it, but not if you are eight months pregnant. Like I was the first time I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a good idea. But um, I think one of my favorite zombie movies, and it's really underrated, but it definitely, um, I think it says more about humans than zombies, was actually Fido. I love that movie. Fido. I love I, I that actually movie. Hid, I actually hid that zombie in the background of one of my pages just to see if anyone would notice it. <laughs> I love that movie so much because they have the collar on and they're trying to make them be more human, show their human side, but mm-hmm. you're looking at the humans like, wow, the humans are the ones that are actual dicks here. Like, mm-hmm. well, you, you watch if you watch, you know, because it's been brought up, um, Walking Dead. They mm-hmm. after the first cup few months, they had way more problems with humans than they did with zombies. Really? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just now. Granted, I got an about I mean... Frick too. <laughs> I mean, the uh, humans are always going to be almost worse than the zombies in a lot of aspects. Yeah. Well, and if you put well, people in a situation worse where than the literally you're that desperate. I mean, it's a common trope in, in a lot of horror fiction that the the humans are worse than the monsters. Because mm-hmm. that, that underlying of trope is who the real monsters are is a common theme. But yeah. the perfect example is when uh, COVID lockdown first started. I was considered essential. I worked for Home Depot. We had to be there every single day. And I had been pushed, punched, and kicked because we were out of toilet paper. At Home Depot. At Home Depot. Which is always the first place I think of for toilet paper, really. (laughs) There was a Target across the street, I'm just saying. But, like, I was just, like... the day that I got pushed into the rack, I got shoved back and I kind of stood myself back up and I was like, yeah, I don't get paid enough for this. No. <laughs> and I walked away. My manager called me and was like, did you walk away from a customer? I was like, pull camera, pull camera. You're lucky I walked away. And they <laughs> did. They pulled camera and it's blatant. I'm like, we have no more. And I have my hands up like this. I'm like, we have no more toilet paper. There is no back. We have no back. We have enough. We put everything up. We don't put anything in the back. I'm like, we have no more. And you see her hands just, and I went back into the racking. And from that moment on, after that, I was like, humanity sucks. I'll take the zombies. There's actually a funny picture about the zombie is a meme. And it says the zombie apocalypse is already here. And it's a bunch of people walking forward, staring mindlessly at their cell phones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of allegorical almost. The zombie thing. So do you prefer like when zombies, so for instance, in Walking Dead, everybody, whether they're bitter or not, seems to come back as a as a zombie. Others, you know, they had to be they had to die in a certain way, bit by the zombie, whatever. Do you have a preference? And we'll go back to you, John. You've been a little quiet. Uh, what is your favorite depiction of zombies in that respect? Of of the way they are turned? I've always operated under the premise that if you get bit, then Sorry about your luck. And it may be a little, you may, uh, 
lasts a little longer than others, but you're going to turn. Unless you chop your arm off like in World War Z. <laughs> yeah. But that's got to be quick. Yeah, you got to do it in less than 12 seconds. Like, you can't even yeah, think no. about the pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's about it. But outside of that, yeah, you're pretty much screwed. I, what about for me, as long as the story is consistent about the turn, I'm okay yeah. with it yeah. or how it works. Yeah, it all, it all depends on, on how you become a zombie in the first mm -hmm. place. So if the bite doesn't matter, if it's uh, it's if, if it's radiation or whatever, then, yeah, it's it's they can come back even after they're been torn apart or whatever. Uh, I forget the name of the movie, but the zombies were created because of a uh, radioactive spill or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, you could you could tear dead. them apart into pieces, and like the hands would still come after you, and the heads and things like that. I think that was Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, Return the, the, the remake. Return of the Living Dead. There well, Mr. Nick is saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you have a um, a favorite way that you've seen de visually them depicted? So, I guess this is more of a movie in a in a graphic novel art comic whatever do you have a favorite look for a zombie rotting and terrifying pretty much yeah the more I, desiccated and rotting the better just because that is what you suspect that's what you think of when you see a zombie is a corpse that is barely there or if you're just a dried husk of burnt or dried leather yeah I think that's the scariest part of the zombie genre is like you have to face your own mortality more than, mm -hmm. you know, vampires where you get to live forever if you get attacked or werewolves mm -hmm. or any of the other ones. You got to watch human flesh decay and still come after you. And like, that, and that's it's, scary as shit. And <laughs> it's relentless. Yeah. Unless you're watching, you know, Army of Darkness, in which case the zombies are kind of hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> the, the deadites. Oh, they Amber, so Heard. Much fun. Amber Heard at the very beginning of Zombieland. The broken mm. leg, the tongue, just all of it. She's still running, even though her leg bone is hanging out of her leg. And you're that just sitting there like... Yeah, oddly hate... enough, that's my favorite role of hers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hate to admit it, but I, the dark... I know I said it before with John Ringo's uh, Dark Tide Rising, but... He, way they had the zombies and portrayed the zombies were, I think, some of my favorite ways of doing it because it was different. It wasn't the usual, the yeah. usual zombies, and they came at you and they would slumber and go into topor to survive. And it was for zombies. I mean, it was very well done, and it was a different way of looking at them than what everything else was done. Plus, yeah. fates. Faith and Sophia were just kick ass. Yeah. See, and and for me, the 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 rotting zombie is less scary than the non rotting zombie. Because um, the rotting zombie, in my mind, it's dead already. Now it's moving, but it's dead already, which means you got killed once. I can kill it again. Uh, but the the uh, the zombie that's infected or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I forget which movie it was. I think it was 28 days or 28 days later where they have the, the jump scare where the guy comes up on somebody and he turns around and his eyes are just crazed and his mouth is full of blood because he's been feasting on the corpse in front of him. That 
that would freak me out because then you're like, holy shit, is he just mad? Like, you know, crazy mad? Or is he actually really a zombie? And and now you get into the unknown factor of, uh, am I shooting a human that's just flipped out? Or is this yeah. actually a zombie that's after me? I wouldn't care. I think that was why... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was why the bath salt thing that was happening in Florida a couple of years ago oh, was yeah. so scary. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. People were flipping out. I mean, they were getting a taste of what that would look like. And they knew the dude was freaking nuts. I mean, yeah. clearly you're nuts if you're humping bath salts. But... On the other hand, you got to deal with what they're doing in front of you too. Yeah. So yeah. When I, was in when, I was in, uh, when I was in college, I worked security on campus and uh, you had to be specially trained to work in the hospital because of people like that, where if, if they uh, were either misdiagnosed or the took a while for the drugs to kick in, you had to be ready to identify the fact that this was not your normal person who's going to cause a problem. Yeah. You know, they were going to be way out of hand. Yeah. But yeah, the other end of it is on the, the we use magic to animate the dead or man, magic to create the zombies. That can be a lot of fun because they don't decay. They just are what they are. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and, and in some cases, they've made that uh, more mainstream. Like uh, League of Legends has a character that that's one of their special powers is, is they can uh, bring forth a whole bunch of skeletons. Um, yeah. But yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, right. necromancy, right? You know, the I mean, it's hard to raise a family. Necrom Necromancer, with, what? It's not hard if they're buried close enough to. Yeah, get exactly. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, there's the the movie Warm Warm Bodies, zombie movie, yeah, with a romance right. storyline, mm -hmm. <laughs> and well done. They did a really good job with it. I had a lot of fun watching it. So yeah, I liked it too. Yeah. What was it? They fell in love. They turned back human or some stuff. Eventually, he something happened, and he kind of returned to humanity. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a weird movie, but it was it was it was a nice nice new take on the zombie trope. Okay, from a storytelling point of view, there was an internal logic to what happened, and yeah. they stuck with it, so it wasn't terrible. But that guy scared me. <laughs> that dude is terrifying. He would be terrifying if he was a zombie or not. Yeah. Resident I, Evil was I, that in? That one was for the games. I think it was. Yeah, two or one three. Or two. Was that? Uh, that was Resident Evil Three. Okay. And then, yeah, that guy's an asshole. <laughs> He's hard to kill. Oh, dude! I almost quit video games because of that that freaking character. <laughs> I got so mad. Scared you as a kid. Oh, he messed me up. I don't know if he's a zombie though. He's more of like a paranormal. No, he was. He dickhead. Was yeah. He had extra of the. Oh, okay. I thought that was Triangle Head from Silent Hill. I was about to... No, no, no. I'm like, no, no right guy. Going, That's from. Well, he was an afterlife, but. Oh awesome. uh, yeah, that guy's a He was the too. Resident Evil's version of Triangle. Yeah, like the first time you fight him, he's he's a pain in the ass, and then when he comes back again, then it gets weaker. And I'm like, no, just keep that same energy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I mean, zombies have caught such a thing with everybody that you know we have TV shows, movies, I shot a link into the group for a role-playing game called all flesh must be eaten. That's all zombie survival oh. horror. 
Oh yeah. With 11 I mean, different sources of zombies, 11 different, what they call dead worlds or sources of zombies. Yeah. And I mean, the- I've run ultra marathons in Sonoya, Georgia, where they filmed the walking dead because the race club director loved walking dead. So we do, they did ultra marathons through that area places Oof. where they'd shot scenes. Yeah. Yeah. There, there have been uh, from time to time, uh, abandoned, not abandoned buildings, but like older buildings that, uh, a group has taken over and you go in with airsoft guns and you can uh, yep. play kill the zombies. Yep. They've actually used yeah, they the get whole mad every time they pull a knife out. They've used the zombie motif the um to get people aware because it's a fun way to do it about the need for national emergency preparedness. So it's like the zombie preparedness guide and suddenly everyone's having fun not realizing that what works for a zombie outbreak will work for most national emergencies except for you can't mm-hmm. shoot random people cuz you know laws that is but, uh, it was a zombie apocalypse. I heard it on the radio. <laughs> uh, all right. Speaking of uh, zombie stories, um, we're going to play this footage from the uh, lovely commercial for that zombie anthology Keith mentioned. Mm. The government underestimated the outbreak. The best medicines couldn't stop it. Now, the dead are walking the streets, and they're hungry. Zombie Patient Zero is nine tales of flesh-ripping, brain-splattering mayhem from Bayonet Books, the boldest name in action and horror anthologies. From Deep Space, to luxury resorts, nowhere is safe. Zip up your hazmat suit and dare to find out how it all went wrong. Zombie Patient Zero from the deranged minds that brought you Contact This and Storming Area 51. Pick up your copy today in paperback or Kindle. Gallagher did that commercial and he's like, here's just a sample of what you can send the person to make your professional commercial. I'm like, dude, you nailed it. We're using this one. <laughs> I got to say, I'm proud to be in that. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun to write. Nick, and that was, was Nick, was that your second um, actual literary uh, um, credit? Because I know you've done a bunch of comics, but that was your second actual short story, Third. right? Third. Okay, I know you did was, the... Uh, uh, Slave of the Ring. Right. Uh, the one where I wrote about Space Romans. What book was that in? Oh, oh I, I know what you're talking about, but you're right. So it's the third one. Okay. Uh, we'll look it up later. But, uh, okay, so, you know, the, there's lots you can do with zombies. And we went, and that anthology was a good sort of scattershot of all the options. Everything from nano steampunk to alien bugs on alien planets to, you know, traditional zombie horror. It was all over the place because there's just so much room for, for zombie to work. So I have seen some where they portray winter as the ultimate killer of zombies because they can't move. So what is your take on how the weather might affect zombification? I can see how, how it would slow them down, but I still go with the tried and true zombies not dead until you put one in his head. Yeah. Again, it, I think it depends on how they became a zombie. If it's magic, 
probably not going to affect them. Radiation, yeah. eh, you could go either way with that. Uh, disease, then yeah, probably uh, environmental extremes are going to take them out, whether it's uh, extreme cold or extreme heat. Yeah. So I would think more work. extreme cold than extreme heat because if it's extreme heat, it almost have to be like flames, whereas to burn no, the body, whereas cold. You de dehydrate them. Uh, you <laughs> yeah, know, turn them into they dirty. still need water. Right, but even they, they could survive on very little amounts of water. Yeah. I could but see where they cold, would decay slower in heat. But whereas with a cold, once you start freezing that tissue, when you start freezing that stuff, no matter how they are, they're not going to be able to move, and you're going to get the skin dying and freezing off. Unless Organs the skin's or whatever, already dead. Even the brain, if, if, if the brain freezes... There's nothing you can do in the brain is mostly water. So you get it cold enough, you're gonna start getting ice crystals in the brain, and it's gonna act like uh, knives from inside. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter how I turn, whether it's magic or a virus, you put me in the cold, <laughs> I'm gonna slow down and I'm gonna bitch out. <laughs> so Nick, you're just saying that the zombie thing isn't really a factor there, it's just cold. Yeah, it's just cold. No. Okay. Now, if I somehow get a hold of a whoopee, y'all did. Oh, then you're all, then we're all good. A whoopee. I've got one on a chair anything. right there. <laughs> I've got one like, right over here. I've got, got one on my bed. Under my bed. I've got one upstairs in my, my closet, too. That was my comforter for years. Yeah, I got a whoopee in my here. closet as well. Yeah, you I never leave now, a whoopee behind. Now, now my cats oh. like to sleep on it on, on my bed. <laughs> so if you so, really want to touch base on weather with zombies there's two that really kind of show how the weather you know affects them in resident evil um you see the zombies in and around las vegas so the ones that are dropped there they're still able to run attack eat you know everything yeah. else but the ones that are wandering out in the desert they're a bit slower they're not really moving much. I believe no. the the gas attendant's name was Ted. <laughs> I think and he so, was just yeah. sitting there like he was an easy target. But yeah. in The Last of Us, everybody's heading from Montana and up there into the ice and in the snow, and they're finding dead zombie bodies all along the way, just frozen. So that gives you both extremes of, you know, the heat versus the cold and how it would affect a zombie, minus the ones that are just being dropped in there to attack people. Yeah, well, my question would, if I'm going in the cold and I'm seeing the zombies inert, it's like, are they dead or hibernating? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Put two in the head anyway. Yeah, I did mean, you guys see always. where they had, like... Um, zombies in uh, The Walking Dead that had like hung themselves because they didn't want to become zombies and now they're hanging as zombies. Um, do you do you like that kind of stuff in the world to add ambiance to it, or do you think it's just unnecessarily excessive? It depends on who your target audience is. For The Walking Dead's audience, yeah, that actually was really effective. These people are literally trying to stop be from becoming a zombie. Yeah, and take themselves off the board one way or the other. And find out the way they picked didn't work. I think horror should be scary. So stuff like yeah. that, I think, should be in a in a horror movie or show. Yeah. 
Okay. So what do you think makes zombies the most scary in your opinion, uh, John? Everything about them, actually. I mean, the, their their appearance, what they're capable of doing, uh, what they're there to do. There's nothing about them that I don't think would be terrifying if, if they were real. But at the same time, I'm thoroughly fascinated. So I, I think something's wrong with me. <laughs> I mean, I find it fascinating, too. I think... I don't know. I think this is one where I, for me, it works better in the, for all I've written zombie story, I think this one works better in a visual medium because you can see that added layer of like the rotten flesh and you can almost smell the scene when they set it right. Uh, and I think that just adds something because with zombies, this part of the scariness is all of the senses in totality. Mm -hmm. So yeah, have you well, drawn zombies, Nick? Uh, on occasion. I mean, like I, as an actual I, comic or just one-offs? Just one-offs. Um, I got commissioned a couple of times um, to, to draw zombies. My favorite one is someone wanted me to draw a zombie operator. So uh, he was all kitted up. And uh, there was like just pieces exposed. And well, let me see if I can find that. But yeah, um, I've drawn maybe a handful of stuff. It's not really my area of expertise. I do capes and cowls which John loves. He loves the capes um, that he tells me every time he has to draw one. But, uh, <laughs> uh, one of the things that I think reason why zombies are so scary and reached out to that visceral level is because they're the ultimate pursuit predator. They never sleep. They don't stop. They will keep coming after you day or night, rain, sleet, snow. And the only way to deal with them is to kill them. And we still have that deep ingrained on a genetic level fear of those of that of the thing that walks in the night from the time when we were hunters and gatherers, roaming Neolithic and uh, the Neolithic eras. So that so makes me think, think. Go ahead. So I think that's why, from maybe from a cultural anthropo anthropological uh, way, that zombies stoke that fear in us is because it touches that deeper, baser fear of the dark, the unknown, and that pursuit predator. The, so, that uncanny valley thing? Where, yeah, yeah, so... Yeah. So for, <laughs> sorry, Keith. Or, no problem. Yeah, so, so zombies, you know, you think the ultimate pursuit, if we're, if you're going, uh, trying to move around in, in the environment and you need to sleep, you think, okay, well, I can go into a tree and I get above them because zombies tend not to climb, right? But that only works if zombies are only humans. Have you seen it done um, where the zombies are more than humans? The other animals turn? I've seen tiger zombies. Yeah. yeah. I've seen Army of, Army, of Army, of dead. Army of Dead. Army of the Dead. Yeah. 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 All the, all yeah, the, yeah. Uh, what were those magicians' names? All their animals got. Infected. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I believe yeah. in yeah. the. Of course, There's I also a... I also think like the the mummy, Frankenstein to a degree, and like Jason Voorhees are different types of zombies as well. Mm -hmm. That's you know, and, I, and, I think they're so visually as in uh, visually interesting. And in my uh, that book I did with uh, Second Sight Studios, I did uh, Mississippi Zombie. I contributed mm -hmm. a couple stories to that, and one of those I had done the. Um, Resident Evil thing where I turn dogs into zombies too. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I think that going back to you know drawing zombies pre portrayed in the visual medium, I think unlike say werewolves or vampires, uh, zombies aren't the creature that hides in the dark that's <clears throat> looking to to ambush you. As, as you noted, John, you know they're they're pursuit predators. They they're the ones that if you see a zombie, right, that's the fear is where there's one, there's more. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not that you worry about uh, being ambushed out of the shadows as much as alerting more zombies and then they come after you. Uh, yeah, when the herd. The yeah. herd. Like, I've definitely had um, like pack animals. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's okay if the light, if it's broad daylight, I can tell it's a zombie, it's shambling, great, no problem. There's a herd, okay, we'll do this quietly, we'll figure it out, whatever. But it's like when you start talking about you're still moving and it's after sun, it's getting darker and it's a human, it's a human shaped thing over there. I don't know how many they are. I don't know whether it's human or zombie. I don't know whether it's a threat or not. What's the right answer here? <laughs> so I love watching like off the beaten track movies. I, um, I will let Nick get rid of all of our subscriptions except for Shudder because that is my horror Netflix. And I came across these two. They are so cheesy, but at the same time, they kind of make you think like, hmm, what would happen if, you know? And one of them was called Zombies. And it was all of the animals in the zoo became zombies. The lion was, was absolutely terrifying. Um, but then the... The follow-up to that one was called, and I keep a list of all my horror movies, it was called Aquarium of the Dead. <laughs> and all of the aquarium animals became zombies. That's just and, not even right. <laughs> watching this lady get swapped by <laughs> a I zombie octopus. I was just going to say, that would be terrifying, a zombie octopus. <laughs> I've seen anime that like that. How does a zombie aquatic thing work? That's called hentai. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to figure out how. A, yeah, it but wouldn't. But if the zombie is in the water and the wouldn't the current help I break it down? Bite it. Yeah, but wouldn't the current help break it apart so it wouldn't last as long? Yeah, you're reading way too in much. In Aquarium of the Dead, so in Zombie, they kind of made it, it was like in the water that they used to make the medicine that was supposed to help these animals that were being healed. In the second one, which was Aquarium of the Dead, they got the leftover medicine Ooh. that was meant, that was supposed to be destroyed but it didn't get destroyed. It got used on the aquarium animals. It was it was the whole thing. Like I said, off the beaten path, but it's so stupid Way and funny. That makes as much sense as piranhas uh, attacking people in a North American river. I've... There's a um, wow. piranha 3D movie where they were released from an underground that uh, was pretty interesting. Yeah. I'm, I don't know the the current. I would just I'm just trying to picture a zombie which is barely shambling and how that's like. I just can't wrap my head around the aquatic zombie, but it's definitely different. I've never heard of one of those before, so props to them for that. I think a, a zombie killer whale would be terrifying. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if in you're all, in the water, all, 
yeah, if you're in the water, just don't be in the water. Don't go to the SeaWorld that week. Some dumbass would find their way, fall in the water somehow. Yeah. No. You're going to get some redneck with a beer. He's going to be like, hey, y'all, watch this. Yeah. Hold my beer. Yeah. Right here. Hold my beer. So, is, so we've talked about like the the kind of the horror element, but we haven't delved into the other genres where zombies sometimes exist. So do you think it works as well if you put it in a comedy or a romance or, you know, any other setting? Well, have have you read uh, the Marvel uh, zombie series? Oh yeah, no, try not to. That's that is terrifying. It's actually really good, John. Just yeah, it, it is. It is really good, and it's ter- absolutely terrifying sure. and depressing as you see all your favorite heroes become the zombies, but with full um, faculties. Isn't that the one where Deadpool killed them all? No. No, that's, no, that was. I, I do like zombie stories where they write it in a way that you think, like, man, that that can possibly happen. That's what, those are the ones that really get me. Okay. Turn your mic back on. It's on. Jesus. Zombie <laughs> comedy. It's your moment. It's your time to shine. Oh yeah, the dead don't die. You got to tell oh. us, Nick, not Stabby. You got to look at us. Look at us. Well, I'm just confirming that's the movie that she's trying to uh, put <laughs> in my brain. He's but been yeah. waiting for this moment. I almost <laughs> did it like a couple episodes ago. One of the other horror ones, I was like, because there's a scene in that movie and it has Adam Driver and uh, Bill Murray in it. And, oh. Uh, ah. It's it's an awesome oh, movie. Oh, they're the cops? It's, it's, yeah, they're, it's a self-aware zombie movie. Yeah. Like, they know they're in a movie. <laughs> like they they're, they're riding in the car it. and it's like they have the theme song constantly playing and, and Bill Murray's like this song seems very familiar like I know it from somewhere he's like, and Adam Driver turns to him just serious normal conversation like yeah it's the theme it's the theme song but then they go to their first uh, crime scene where the zombies start attacking and uh, Bill Murray's like well what do you think it is he goes you want to really know, you want to know what I think he's like yeah I do and he goes I, I'm thinking zombies you know, the undead. Ghouls. And the way he says ghouls, just, I will crack up for at least 20 What minutes. movie is this? The Dead Don't Die. What about Zombieland? Ghoul. That's another good comedy. That is yeah, also love, another good one. That's, how, we, love can't, both of those. we can't have a zombie one without talking about Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead, yep. The, I think that was the Brilliant first movie. zombie Get comedy. to the Winchester. <laughs> Yeah, have a pint. Wait for this whole thing to blow over. Yep. Mom, I got super serious. <laughs> Mom, why didn't you tell us? I didn't want to be a bother. <laughs> didn't want to be a bother, darling. That just feels like British. Better in the British accent. Booties. Oh, oh yeah, that is a zombie movie, and it's about a whole kids, and I'm for it. <laughs> what is it about? Go on. Okay, so it's contaminated chicken nuggets. <laughs> that, that, that was the uh, processed foods bad for you. Man. That was the spreader right there. It was contaminated chicken nuggets, and it's the movie starts off filming the process of chicken nuggets being made. But you see, like this little black goo was in it was in some of the meat before they start processing it. And for those of you have not, don't know how a chicken nugget is made, it's just they take whole chickens and throw them in a blender. That's it, and then press <laughs> and then for they, them. <laughs> 
Yep. Yeah. Then they flash form them. They they batter them and all that stuff. So, and uh, it's not chicken. It's but, chicken goo. <laughs> I like it. Only affects oh, prepubescent children. So, I think oh, I've seen God. this one. Oh, it's hilarious. It was it's got uh, Elijah Wood in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah. this one. A couple other, other couple of big names are in there too. They just escaped me off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, it's hilarious because they're it's the last day of school, and then shit just hits the fan after lunch. <laughs> you know, that sounds like it'd be. Hey, so at least they got fun. lunch. Yeah, yeah they got last, meal. <laughs> they got they got last meal. Chicken. Last meal. For those that haven't been through puberty, yeah. <laughs> Everyone else was like, oh, am I going to get it because I'm a kid? And they're like, have uh, you started your period? And you can't ask that. He's like, it's relevant to what's going on right now. I can totally ask it. <laughs> Jack McBayer, Rain Wilson, Elijah Wood, oh, yeah, Allison Wilson, Hill, uh, Lee Wallen. Yeah, it's got a good cast. If you haven't seen Cooties, check it out. Another good one is Pride and Prejudice and Zombies was another good one. It oh made Jane God, Austen so watchable. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's another. I was going to mention that earlier. That version. <laughs> Go ahead, Keith. The downside to the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. What is that study? The Scout's Guide. Oh, to the zombie apocalypse. To the zombie apocalypse. That's another good one. The yeah. Boy Scouts have to save the day. Yeah, Boy Scouts save the day. <laughs> All right, Keith, you were saying something? Yeah, I was saying Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies is the only reason I ever read Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. <laughs> I had to read it in college. I right? that thing. Uh, On the yeah, other hand, I was an Iron Man that the host hotel was also sharing a Jane Austen convention. <laughs> oh, That's just not the normal mix of people. <laughs> no, no, it is not. Okay, Sparks, you were you were weighing in as well. So, some sorry, uh, dear listener, um, some of us are on a lag a little bit because of the weather, inclement weather. So, just bear with us. We're we're trying not to talk over each other. Uh, I was gonna say, really, a lot of like modern day stuff has been zombified. Add zombie to it, and you're gonna do well. Abraham Lincoln, zombie hunter, Pride, <laughs> Prejudice, and Zombies. There was a Marvel comic, I think, King Arthur and the Dead Knights or something, uh, Mystical Knights or something like that. I don't know if it was Marvel, but I remember hearing uh, about a comic with that. Um, it's just you add zombies to anything now, and it's going to sell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a zombie book where they're fighting angels. So we're we're I'm trying to figure out how to make angels look like zombies. Ooh. Oh. Go and on. What actually, are you thinking? And that actually Keep going, John. considering the aspect of whole of the purity. I mean, angels are supposed to be pure beings of light, so to speak. But yet, can they actually get infected with the zombie virus? You leave it up to me, they can. <laughs> Tell us more. We desire to know more. Uh, Nick's going to find out. He ordered a copy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Give us the Reader's Digest, and then we'll link to it in the show we're, notes. We're doing a uh, – uh, a friend of mine and I are doing a book called Exodus Z. Yeah, he wrote the book, and he's letting me do all the visuals. But then if I have anything inappropriately funny to add to it, he's let me – put stuff in there and sometimes I just said screw it and I hid stuff just to see if, if anyone would notice. 
The Easter eggs are hilarious, and I'm writing a yes. uh, compliment book to it that exposes all the damn Easter eggs because some of them are hard to find. <laughs> and then so, we're doing we're doing a book that's uh, <laughs> Tales of the Collective. We're doing a follow up story to the one issue we've done on Exodus Z. It's going to add a little bit more to it, and then we're going to start doing issue two within the next week or two, I think. So there, there'll definitely be more to come, and I'm fairly sure uh, my buddy's name is uh, is Jorge. I'm pretty sure he we're going to do it where you can buy the previous issue as well to go with whatever number we're on. It's going to be at least a three issue arc, unless we can talk him into doing more. Okay, that definitely sounds intriguing. So. Um, if you guys could, I mean, we're at an hour. We're going to try to do better at staying on target. And we probably won't, but uh, at least we won't do three hours like we did with Trip. But with that being said, uh, if you guys could live in the zombie apocalypse, would you do it? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. 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 Okay, JR, you got a crowd? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Stabby. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, you have a crowd here that's got our hardest problem would be pretending we weren't having the time of our lives. Absolutely. So much fun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, zombies? Zombies everywhere? The the solution is kill the zombies. I'm in. (laughs) I I get to shoot humanoids and not go to jail for it. Get me I would be like, I get stuff up and not get in trouble for it. That's where my explanation would end. <laughs> you know, this would be the perfect to... excuse to make your own kill dozer. Just Wait, like, what? Your own I mean, kill dozer. Do we? Have, are we? Are, are, is there a limit on how creative we can get? <laughs> not at all. Your imagination. Kill dozer at work. Sort of zombie kill of the day. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I, I would deliberately see if how I would top the last last one I killed. <laughs> see, I, I would I would much rather prefer to be in an alien invasion scenario because then after you kill the aliens, you can steal their technology and then you can go to the stars. So in zombie apocalypse, what do you what do you have when you kill all the zombies? Now you're just Happiness. disappointed. Happiness. No, you're Whenever disappointed can, because you got nothing left to kill. My hands feel fewer annoying elbows, people. whatever I can pick up or slam them into. <laughs> Our house was perfectly chosen. We live on the second story behind an iron rod gate and all of our windows have vantage points to the streets. Maybe feng shui is onto something there. The feng shui, is it feng shui, however you say it? Maybe they were just planning for the zombies. Just saying. Oh yeah, we got a great kill set lined up. Oh yeah. Fatal funnel and everything. Got the stairs oh, to slow yeah. down. Interlocking fields of fire. Oh. Yeah, I'm just thinking all the Tannerite we could have fun playing with, blowing stuff up. I would giggle being able to use that stuff. So, okay, here's something that nobody ever talks about in the zombie apocalypse, and in most apocalypse, the world stops. So, how do you handle things like the nuclear power plants and the Hoover Dam that are no longer being manned, and everything falling apart? Because now the whole world potentially radioactive in large parts, and then you've got mutated zombies. Well, kill them too. <laughs> well, with the, with the, the nuke plants, 
they'll auto scram if it gets to a certain point and they'll shut down on their own. And a lot of refineries have built in safeguards that where if it gets to a certain level, pressure, whatever, they'll automatically go into shutdown. Hoover okay. Dam automatically um, automatically backs any water up into Lake Mead, which if you don't know this already, is at its lowest point because they are systematically draining it due to all of the uh, bodies that they keep finding. I'm just saying they went swimming with the fishies. All right, the mob was handling business. Yeah, there's a reason so, the fishery got shut down. So do you like when um, the zombie apocalypse type stories where it's uh, one man against the, against the entirety of the apocalypse sort of doing his own thing? Or do you prefer to see like where they band together HOA style like uh, Walking Dead did, um, Shaun of the Living Dead did it with the bar? Like which do you prefer, the lone wolf or the, the pack? Pack. Um, yeah, you're going to have to group up if you're going to survive the zombie apocalypse. But yeah. if the story is well told. <laughs> okay. What about you, Mike? I mean, I can. Yeah, I, I definitely think the pack, you, you, you got to band together, you got to survive. Now, if you're telling uh, the lone survivor, like, you know, the first week or so of the zombie apocalypse, how he's, she's getting away from the zombies and eventually makes their way to a safe place where there are other survivors. But yeah, as pointed out earlier, you got to sleep sometime. Yeah. So you need somebody on watch. Yeah. Okay. You need to rules. Do you think there are any places that are ideal to hole up? Some places they barricaded neighborhoods. I've seen it where they occupied jails or military installations, although not all military installations are designed at that level of fortification. Yeah. Um, but, they were never intended to be defensible. Right. But. It depends on how long you're going to be there because uh, unless you've got a place to grow food, so a nice good roof with, with good sunlight, uh, you're not going to be able to stay there forever. Yeah, and that's the other thing people forget. Canned goods, generally speaking, have about a five-year shelf life. If you canned food yourself in the mason jars, that's twenty. That's five to 15, depending. Uh, some of the shelf-stable stuff is 25, but at a minimum – you're one generation away from starvation, and that's assuming you find enough to keep you going and that the hordes haven't destroyed it already. So it's definitely something. And the gas goes bad, too, I think, after a while. Yeah. Water gets yeah, bad. Yeah, it turns, will go it bad. turns to jelly if it sits to, still too long. So the the idea that they're just going to keep driving cars 20 years later, like, eh, unless somebody's digging that oil. Well, it's why I had so – I watching like walking dead i had issues with it because one sheriff rick was kind of an idiot um as you watch him make de his decision process through that whole series where it's like you just made the dumbest possible choice here but the other end is they also did get into things like we have secured a community we secured an area and we are focusing on growing food and finding animals to keep providing protein and all the rest of it so they got a lot of stuff right. It was just I'd get annoyed with a character. <laughs> yeah. So what's the most annoying thing in zombie fiction that you guys see? Mike, you've been silent. We'll let you go first. Um, the panicky survivor several days later. Uh, quite frankly, they, if, if you can't 
make good decisions uh, early on when you know everything is happening, you're dead. So that person would not be around, you know, three or four days later to cause problems for the 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 survivors who actually know uh, uh, or are able to respond to a situation like that. So, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think what you would run into is is uh, is more the power struggles that you see between the, the alpha type people, each of whom thinks they know what's the best way to survive, and uh, just get rid of those panicky people later on. Yeah, the other one is some of the kids that are annoying that I'm just like, I, yeah, I get kids are innocent, but kids that grow, you know, experience hardship, they quickly change. They're not like the innocent little kids you expect running around Toys R Us today. So the idea that you have kids still acting like nothing has happened, it just never struck me as realistic. I've met kids in third world countries. They don't behave like that. They're basically little mini adults. Yeah. They grow up fast. Yeah. Uh, and they don't really have a choice because if they don't, they die. So the sheriff's kid in Walking Dead, like in the beginning, he was in Jimmy the too Carl. stupid to live. Yeah, Carl, it was, he was too stupid to live for the longest time. Yeah. I am not the, gonna lie, my kid would not survive. No, because I'm selling oh. the first group we meet. No, I, I mean, <laughs> even before that, he he'd be a great person, dad one day, Nick. He's the person <laughs> that I constantly tell him, I'm like, dude. Don't put your face up against the glass. Like, if you don't know who's outside, your face should not be up against the glass. He'd be the first person to be like, and then, because he don't listen. Oh, if you had a panel van that said free Marvel Legends, he wouldn't even ask. He'd just hop right <laughs> in the <panel. laughs> Where I'm more like, show me the toys first. <laughs> I'm like, get away from the window, both of you. The van says free. So what did you guys think? Whoever was speaking, go. I was going to say, if the van says free ammo or free beer, I'm probably lost, guys. <laughs> yeah, me too. I don't know. If so, it's IPA, yeah. I, I don't want it. Yeah, IPA is nasty. That's just like hipsters say they like it, but no one really does. It was made that way to make water in India drinkable. It was not meant to taste good, people. And it I'm never figured out Alaskan. how to taste good. It's what I okay, imagine. JR, I'm drinking an Okay, guys, I'm drinking an Alaskan Breweries Hazy Bay Juicy IPA right now. <laughs> you no one's enjoy perfect. it all you want. Okay, usually we'll be here for the rest of us. So. <laughs> all right, so so the zombie apocalypse breaks out right now, and you realize shit's hit, getting real. Do you raid the local guard armory? Do you hit the police station, the sporting goods store? Where's your first uh, raid for equipment? My parents' house. They have two refrigerators and freezers full of food, plus a whole <laughs> section of the basement stocked with canned goods and other stuff. I'm going there first. <laughs> okay. I'm what about you, Keith? Horse stables. Okay, I live in Iowa, so we've already got a basement full of basement with a freezer stocked and food down there. And yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I can hold up for a little bit and then wait for things to calm down a little bit. <laughs> We're going counterclockwise. So, Nick, where are you going first? First, I'm going to work. And then I'm going to, uh, not to work, but to raid the armory. <laughs> and then I'm going to grab the war wagon and a couple of the horses from the stables from Horse Patrol. And then I'm going to start working my way northeast. Okay. All right, Paul, you're next. Where are you going? Hospital or, or urgent care clinic. Okay, go on. People don't realize with the hospital, or you're still going to have cuts. You're still going to have infections from septic shock or from just everyday injuries. You're going to need 
antibiotics. You're going to need bandages. You're going to need tropical creams. Don't get any of the, like, the narcotic pain meds. Let the junkies have those. Get the Tylenols. Get the suture kits. Stuff like that. Because that could that will keep you alive just as much as having food and ammo and so on. Yeah, that's one thing that zombie or the apocalypse in general get wrong. Like the guys raid the pharmacy and they always seem to know exactly what they want and it happens to be there. Like they're going to get there. It's going to be raided. Half the pills are going to be on the floor. No one's going to have a clue what each pill is. And you're just going to have to grab a handful and hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have an alibi. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Alibi fire on the line. Okay. Um, That's great. Getting medicine, people gathering food. And it reminds me of when uh, Y2K was a thing. Mm-hmm. And I was loading weapons and ammo. My neighbor was loading food. And he goes, Nick, what are you doing loading weapons? You know, ammo and weapons, man. I'm like, don't you stock up food? And I'm like, do you? I see that you're stocking up on food. Do you have any weapons? And he goes, nope. And I'm like, I have food. <laughs> <laughs> His face went white. And I'm like, yeah, I will. I will kill you for a number seven. So, uh, Warlord uh, Garber, okay, I can see it. Negan did nothing wrong. <laughs> All right, John, where are you hitting first when the zombie apocalypse breaks out? I'm going to hold back until unless somebody attacks me and take whatever their weapons they have. And so you're going to wait it out, write it yeah. out? In- inevitably, someone is going to lose their damn mind, and they're going to feel entitled to something you have, and they're going to try to take it from you and – they're not going to like their reaction they get. John, you because okay. you're out in Florida, you work west, I'll work east, we'll meet somewhere in Texas. Sounds good to me. Hey, guys, right. uh, listen, it's been a lot of fun, but I got to drop off now. So um, good t- good time talking about zombies, and uh, I will try and stay away from Nick and John and their sweets. Before, before you go, what I'm are you writing now? And Hold on. Before you go, Mike, what are you writing now, and how can listeners find you? And we'll link to all that in the show notes. Okay, yeah, so uh, – uh, you can find uh, all my books and anthologies that I have uh, on the uh, Amazon website. Just look for me, Michael Morton. Uh, I just finished writing a book for Chris Kennedy's Force Horseman Universe. Should be out, uh, I think, December time frame if it sticks to the schedule. And then I'm working on uh, Three Ravens Publishing. Uh, my next book is going to be in the Car Wars uh, uh, Burning Roads uh, series that he's writing. Outstanding. Thank you for coming on. And uh be safe and avoid right. uh, the warlords. Yeah, definitely. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank All right, Abby, where are you going to go? When the, I mean, assuming you don't just trail after Nick. No. So um, <laughs> we, we actually had this conversation. We were picking up Nick's daughters. All of us, the whole fam bam was in the car and we're like, okay, so what's the plan if there was a zombie apocalypse? Keep in mind, this is a three-hour drive. Our oldest said she's going to Bass Pro Shop to get all of our hunting and camping supplies. I'm like, right on. Solid. Our middle, our middle says, I'm going to Costco. I'm going to get us a fuck ton of food, the big cans, and clothes. Because you can get it all there. You got to get a can opener. Everyone forgets the can openers. I was like, cool. Nick's like, I'm going to work. I'm getting the war wagon. I'm getting the, the guns. I'm getting the horses. I'm like, Cool. I'm over here like, I'm going to CVS. The and everybody looked at me and was like, why? I said, well, you're already getting weapons. You're already getting food. You're already getting camping supplies. I'm asthmatic. You both have periods. 
I'm getting all the tampons, all the pads, and I'm getting all of my asthma meds. I don't care about the pain pills. I don't need that shit. I ain't worried about it. I'm worried about being able to breathe. Because <laughs> we gonna be running. So we're on a timetable. Those who fall behind get left behind. Everybody so go get your sh and meet up. And then so we this all have this is where proper planning is important. If you are properly planned, you will have bought hard copies, not digital copies. Uh, you have hard copies of like first aid, local flora and fauna, um, canning, how to do it safely. Because you can still can, even if you don't have electricity, you can do that over a fire. Our ancestors yeah, did it. They had modern, covers a lot of yeah. Ranger handbook. I've got one of those. Like start, start getting your books that are going to teach you how to do what you don't know how already. Because before we took uh, pharmaceuticals and put everything in pill form, it came from nature somewhere. So there are plants you can get to get the pain medicine, to get the antibiotics. Well, maybe not antibiotics, but a lot of it you could do with, with herbal. be able to smoke weed. So here, here's the thing is everybody sees these all over my house. I have about six of them. Nothing in this came in this. I've made them myself. They oh, have hold on. Let me show the... Yeah. Everybody sees them and they're like, oh, it's just a first aid kit. And I'm like, yeah, except I loaded this first aid kit myself. I took everything that comes in it out of it and I put my own stuff in it. Tampons are in there because they actually fit into bullet holes really well. <laughs> um, Thank I, you have I have all different types of chapstick because they work for different things. I have in every single one of them i have ibuprofen i have tylenol i have mydol for the girls because they they look crazy but um all of my first aid kits there's one in every room and they are all made by myself and then um we have a the zombie bag so you have a go bag how many in the garber household have their own go bag is it like a requirement for entry into the clan <laughs> One part. Okay. And you notice I how quickly I picked that up. <laughs> so Nick, how much tequila is in your go bag? Whiskey. That's classified. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my spinach, like Popeye's spinach. You want me to get real violent? Tequila is the way to do that. I mean, ammo's not <laughs> ammo's not a problem. That's uh, totes. So I knew like, over three of these uh, first aid kits scattered around the house and I've got like probably two or three different Kevlar vests as well. So I think, I think we'll be okay for a little bit. So that's a question. Flotation devices. So that's a good question <laughs> that I didn't think about. I don't know. I know gunpowder back in the day had a shelf life before it became unstable. Does the modern gunpowder we use, would that start to break down after a certain point? How long are those? I think it's a long time. As long as you keep it dry and in somewhat of an environment controlled environment it will be fine but if you go from like say a cold to hot and then cold again you're going to get water and condensation in it and it's going to degrade the powder and i bought a stock in iraq that was from vietnam yeah but the only they kept in controlled environments pretty much in controlled environments yeah, I do have some eight millimeter for one of my rifles that was World War One era, and about one out of three rounds will fire. <laughs> Damn, those odds you ought to work for the government. 
No. <laughs> oh, wait, I do. <laughs> um, so do you think the, so speaking of the government, I was actually just trying to be funny, but do you think the government, they, like the larger governing bodies, be it city, state, or federal, do you think all of that breaks down in a zombie apocalypse, or do you think we hold it on for a little bit? I, it depends on where you're at and how organized they get, how quickly. I think at a large scale, yeah, it breaks down real fast. The infrastructure will uh, get used up really fast. And mm -hmm. I'm sorry, these are still human beings in law enforcement and fire and all that. Eventually, they're going to abandon what they're doing to go help their own. Well, Is this your zombie operator? Yeah, it's a zombie operator. Yeah. Um, the other factor is a lot of our major government, I guess, installations or points of power are in major metropolitan areas, and those are going to get whacked quick. I always like, say by the time you realize somebody got in who was bit, infected, dosed, whatever, it's too late to do anything about it. You're all inside the fence now. So Which small towns may actually do better. It's one reason why I moved out of the city and living in the middle of nowhere is because in any type of breakdown, cities are going to be death traps, be it from yeah. a zombie apocalypse, mm -hmm. be it from breakdown of social order or law enforcement, rioting or whatever. You have no way of getting out because everybody's going to try to escape. You're going to clog the roads and all that. So you move out into the city, out of the city into the country you're going to have one, you're going to trust your neighbor more so than say, if you live in a city Two, you're going to have farms and easier ways to garden. And you're not going to have as high of a population density. Yeah. Yeah. And most, so most, most countries, towns are a high trust society. Whereas most cities are a very low trust society. I suspect yeah. what we saw during Hurricane Katrina were all the different gangs and wannabe thugs and redneck mafia, whoever, insert bad guy group here. Um, the way they tried to seize assets to establish dominance, I think that's pretty representative of what we'd see. Uh, and what that really comes down to is whichever warlord leader wannabe is the smartest with the best cure. Uh, the, the fastest with the mostest, as they say back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, the so, question being... You're in your okay, Katrina, New Orleans. What happens when that guy who's fastest with the mostest finds out one of his one of his close counselors got bit? <laughs> oh, off of his head. So that would be a glorious thing to. for all the wannabe weebs and, and uh, anime fans who have all those katanas that they don't really know what to do with. They could finally start using them and go after zombies. I have a katana and I do know what I'm doing with it. <laughs> I try to make it something. What'd you say, John? I've got I've got some in the corner. Oh, katanas? Yeah. Well, you probably know what to do with it. And there's a lot of people that own them that don't. <laughs> I think so. they really touch base on um I think they really touch base on how quickly it can get close to home at the beginning of Dawn of the Dead, actually. She comes home from work. She made it through all of that craziness at the hospital, gets home, goes to sleep with her husband. Next thing she knows, the neighbor girl's in her house. The neighbor girl bites her husband. Now her husband's trying to bite her. Like, yeah. just that quickly. And she's still trying to talk to him like, babe, it's me. And there's no stopping him. It's just time to go. 
So. Yeah, that'd be hard though to turn on your loved ones because, I mean, it's hard to to decide. Oh, they're not there anymore. You know. Like oh, I can yeah. see that. They're trying to eat your throat out. <laughs> they're trying to kill you, but there's that part in your head where it's like, "That's my spouse. That's my kid. That's my whoever." Everybody who survives the first week is going to be PTSD'd out of their minds for a while. Yeah, and it just, I don't know, like, it's its not so much that you couldn't get there and realize that, okay, these aren't, this isn't my wife, this isn't my husband, this isn't my insert whatever, but, like, the, the lag time to get there could be the end of you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the that's the rub. Yeah, well, you're gonna lose. You're gonna have a lot of die-off because of that. Is like they just couldn't do that because it's a family member, or they didn't want to. I won't kill you, but I'll take yeah. your lower jaw. Would that actually work? Do you think? Well, I guess it depends on how the infection is spread. Well, Michonne did it in Walking Dead, but I don't recommend trusting it. <laughs> no. Get bunker gear. Sorry, honey. What is? Get well, fire fighting. Turn out gear. So we've been at it for about an hour and 15, and uh, we've been trying to do better on time. So we're definitely going to have to come back and revisit with a more narrow focus on all things zombies. And since John is writing zombies, we'll definitely have to bring you back because zombies are cool. So why not? In uh, the rest of the panel. So if you've got questions for us, dear listener, uh, when we give all the socials, you can reach out in the comments for this episode and, and weigh in on what you want more of. Because, I mean, horror season doesn't have to end because October does. Uh, Halloween is all year round for the Garber family. Oh, yeah. Every night we fall asleep to horror films, which studies have shown that we're psychopaths, but whatever. I mean, it explains a lot having met you, but you know, whatever. All right. So, so, uh, Sparks, what do you work? Are you already? No, you haven't. What are you working on right now before you, before we wrap this up? I'm working on a, uh, novella for Canon Publishing's, um, Military sci-fi competition for new authors. Weren't you the one who was going to do King Arthur meets Zombies? Was that you? Yeah, that's based. I was going to do King Arthur Zombie Killer or Zombie Slayer and his uh, Knights of the Holy uh, Round Table. Going to do it like I was thinking of doing it around like a GI Joe-esque or maybe even an XCOM-esque style of story. Maybe throwing in a little bit of like the uh, what was it? The Kingsman. Yeah. But it's just an idea that I've got right now. Okay. All righty. What about you, Keith? What are you working? Oh, well, first off, uh, Paul, how can listeners find you? And we'll link in the show notes. I have an Amazon author page. I have an author page on Facebook. Uh, and um, I don't. I do have Twitter and I have Instagram, but I'm not on it very much. And I'm still trying to get my social media together because this is all new to me. Outstanding. All right, Keith, what are you working on and how can listeners find you? I'm currently working on a rough draft of a uh, cyberpunk gunslinger romance story titled Date Night. And I'm doing edits on a cyberpunk action story where bad karma goes back to Chicago. And you can reach me at KeithHedger.com. Easiest place to find me. John, what are you working on right now besides the uh, the angel zombie um, masterpiece that I want to read? (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, local con uh, at, a, at one of the shops coming up soon. So I've been working on like blank sketch covers and I have um, 
index cards size card stock I'm going to draw on to try to sell at the con. This is some of the some of the wor- kind of work you could see on there. Oh, nice. I dig it. Zombies. And just to show there's different variety of stuff that we were talking about, a oh. variety of zombies doing stuff like this. And I have a whole stack of uh, blank sketch covers. And I'm yes. not allowed to. And I'm not allowed to get any more until I sell the ones I've got. So I came up with the idea of drawing zombies on there and sketch covers and stuff like that. And if I have any copies of the book in time, I'm going to sell those as well. Hey, John, okay. save that zombie Vader for me. I'm going to put it in the uh, Star Wars room. I'll let you okay. offline. Okay. You got to save. All right. And uh, speaking of hitting us up offline, uh, if you're listening to this as late as we're recording this, you are definitely going to want some uh, some pick me up. So uh, our affiliate sponsorship would like to. Thank you for sticking with us through that uh, that last commercial. We just wanted to show you some of the goodness that is uh, out there. Stabby, I understand you made that commercial, so well done. And you just tried their uh, blueberry cobbler, which is one of their mainstays. Tell me how it was. I drank the whole pot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I drank the whole pot. And so um, I- there was no whipped cream involved. And I just had half and half instead of one of my many flavored creamers, like, it was perfection. Oh, we're talking about coffee. Oh, my God. I drank the whole pot. Yeah, of course, the commercial has a Ouija board in it. Oh, did you see the one with the pumpkin in it? The what? The pumpkin. There's, there's pumpkin. I focused on the Ouija board. So, uh, so Garber, uh, does the so Nick, does the Garber clan give it four or five, or how many stars are we giving it? Ten. Apparently, see, Stabby it. gives it a ten. Um I, I give it an eight five on the bourbon. I uh, I might have to try her blueberry cobbler. I don't know. I usually don't. I like coffee flavored coffee, but I'll, I'll give it a go. <laughs> Out freaking standing. All right. And coffee if you were curious, coffee, <laughs> coffee flavored coffee. It's the modern world, sir. You have to specify. All right. Oh, I know. Mm. Take care. All right. With that being said, 
Before we let you go, dear listener, I'd like to remind you to please be kind and speak your mind on the reviewing platforms. Your reviews help the right reader find the right book. So do your part. And since I am not as aware on the comic book world, Nick and uh, John, where do they review comics? Obviously, Amazon and all the places, Barnes and Noble, Goodreads for books. But where do you go to review comics? I've had a couple of people do mine or a couple of my books, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Is it as big a deal in the comic book industry for the reviews like it is for books? Yeah. I, I think it helps more indie guys like Nick and I. It necessarily validates us, makes us look more legitimate because we can say all day long, oh, this book is awesome. You should read it. But yet when other people spend their hard-earned cash and they read it, and they give you an honest review, I think that makes us look more legitimate as, as creators. I got one review from Chuck Dick, creator of Bane. Yep. Nice. Um, that helped sales quite a bit. He was using me for a while as a, uh, like his military guy when he was writing stuff. He's like, hey, would, uh, I'm doing this story about time traveling rangers. And I'm like, go on. <laughs> He's like, yeah. So like, talk me through this type of situation. I'm like, yeah. Okay. You're going to have to. You're gonna have to water it down a bit because they would just wreak havoc on everything. Yeah. Like they were going back in time to like ancient Rome, and they encounter yeah, a legion. You know, you know that's not the right word. <laughs> Yeah. That's actually something we could do for another episode on zombies: is historic zombies, like you know, Ooh. certain places, like I don't know, medieval or Roman zombie stories. That might be interesting take on it because you don't have gunpowder, you got to get up close and personal. <laughs> yeah, you got to be Sword. slashing stuff. All right, so we got a new episode in the works. We're going to have to write that down. You can find us on our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E, link tree slash Blasters and Blades podcast. Again, link tree slash Blasters and Blades podcast, where we link to all the things, the bit shoot, the rumbles, the Twitters, the stabby stab links. Uh, you can email us at Blasters and Blades podcast at gmail.com. Again, Blasters and Blades podcast at gmail.com. Our Facebook goodness is all over on the, uh, the link tree, so click the link and join the conversation. Or you can follow us on our website, or you can also comment and uh, engage with us, which is anchor.fm slash blasters dash and dash blades. Again, anchor.fm slash blasters tech and tech blades, where for as little as 99 cents a month, you can support the show and help keep the lights on. And we can keep Stabby Stab duly caffeinated. She will drink the blueberry coffee <laughs> till her head pops. And Nick is looking for wife number 12 because she's just like all over the place in many parts. I've seen the, the girl where, you know, she drank too much of the blueberry on Willy Wonka. And, like, I know how this ends, all right? I'm just saying. Or you could support the show more directly on buymeacoffee.com slash author J.R. Hanley. Again, buymeacoffee.com slash author J.R. Hanley. Be sure to put in the comment section that it is for the podcast. And I promise I will get Madam Stabby in her own 12-step caffeinated Java program because I think she's crossing <laughs> over to the dark side. I don't know. I'm starting, I'm starting to get a little worried. I'm starting to get a little worried. You got a better chance of getting a wet spaghetti noodle up a podcast ass. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard that one before. All right. Thank you for spending some of... It's a service to keep me properly caffeinated, so I can only imagine what she'd be like. Yeah, step away from the coffee. Stabby, step away so I can bring this home. 
Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For our crazy co-host, emphasis on the crazy today, I am J.R. Hanley, and this was the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back next week at the same time where we'll indulge our love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, and all things that go boom, and we will try not to get stabbed by not stabbing stab. Thank you for coming on, John. Thank you, uh, yep. Keith, and the absentee uh, Paul Sparks and Michael Morton. And 